It's time for Black and White, a show that wants to bring all of us together talking again. It's time to hear from people who only want to deal with facts. It's time for you to re-engage in America. It's time for Dan and Daryl. Hello and welcome to Black and White. I'm Dan Perkins, your host for this episode. Today we're going to talk about my personal experience with COVID-19, and then we're going to talk about some of the research that just recently came out. So let's get started. In um, January and February of 2021, I had the two Moderna COVID-19 shots. And I believed at the time that I was protected against getting the COVID-19 virus. During the summer, our children and grandchildren are wondering if we were coming up to New York and New Jersey for the Christmas holidays, because since we hadn't been around for at least a year. And we decided since we had the shots, we should go. I do, uh, as you know, this is a syndicated radio and television show, and I also do a lot of writing of commentary. I made acquaintance with a, a doctor who's on the staff of the University of Pennsylvania Medical School and Hospital, and he is a virus and a virologist uh, and vaccine specialist. So I talked to him several times, and I told him about what was going on about going back to up to New York from Florida and New Jersey. And he said, have you had your antibodies tested? And I said, I didn't know that you could. In fact, you can. And the CDC and the FDA will pay for it. However, several of the doctors here on the island where I live had never heard of the test. And so I was able to get from my doctor friend from UPenn uh, the, the codes for them. And I found a walk-in clinic doctor who would write a prescription for have the tests. These are tests that are certified by CDC and uh, they help you understand how much of an antibody response you have to the shots. Going into the shots, the doctor told me that I needed somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, a minimum of a thousand uh, antibodies, but it would be better if it was more than 2000. So we took the test and came back and I had, after the two Moderna shots, approximately six months later, I had 46 antibodies, almost non-existent. So the doctor was very concerned about me going to New York with such a low antibody count. So we decided to get a third shot, not a booster. We got a third shot of an original Pfizer first shot. And after about 45 days, we went back and tested again and found that I actually had over 2,000 antibodies. We are going to be testing again shortly to see how many of them were retained. That will tell me how effective I am with the shots and my immune system is with the shots. But the story continues. In October, shortly after I got the third shot, I developed a very severe case of vertigo, which was very debilitating. And then in, uh, I fell on a roadway and wrenched my back and I went to a doctor who specializes in back pain and he did uh, 16 injections of uh, glucose in my back to create an irritant so that the tendons that were stretched could begin to heal. But it so happened that the very day that I got the shots, I was also diagnosed later in the day with COVID-19. And as a result, 
the immune system couldn't deal with both. It couldn't deal with fighting COVID and it couldn't and deal with the problem with my lower back. So my back took second, second fiddle, but uh, I was uh, making a lot of progress with COVID, still had a lot of very strong uh, debilitating fatigue that would just come on me on waves and I just have to stop and lay down sit in a chair for a while and take a nap that's still there and this is now being recorded in late march um i finally passed the covid test and had a positive response and i was sitting in my doctor's office on a thursday and i told him what was going on and he said you're having a heart attack right now so we rushed to the emergency room in the hospital. They did an EKG. In fact, they did four EKGs. They couldn't find it. But the blood gas test proved that there was a, a deterioration in heart muscle uh, because of the blockage that was in my one of my valves. I went in, and the next day they did a, um, a stent procedure. I had one descending artery that was 95% blocked. All the rest of the arteries in my heart were between 60 and 70% clear. I spoke to the doctor after the procedure and I said, the CDC has been talking about what's going on and that we people over 65 need to space the frequency of their shots more uh, further apart because of the increased issue of heart problems for the elderly. So here I am got the shots, had no immunity, had to have another shot, had vertigo and fell and had an accident. I passed out, the doctor said, then I got COVID and then I had a heart attack. And that's what my life has been like for the last six months. There are a lot of people out there like me who have had problems dealing with COVID, dealing with the vaccines, some people I've talked to are even allergic to the vaccines. But what I think is important is to understand that the government and the healthcare scientists have been lying to us about what's going on with COVID. And we need to talk about what happened. And we'll do that after we have this break from one of our sponsors. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, co-host of Black and White Network, here to tell you about my latest book, Sad Eyes. This is a story of Mary Margaret Murphy, our red-haired, green-eyed, gorgeous Irish lass born in Waterloo, Iowa in 1916. Incredibly capable and talented woman who wants to make the world a better place. She knew at a very early age she didn't want to live in Waterloo, but she knew what she wanted to do and she wanted to be a nurse. She did her homework and found the best place to learn to be a nurse was in Chicago, Illinois. Side Eyes is her adventure, growing and maturing in the face of adversity to become a very powerful voice in the American military during World War II. But it's also about her personal life and finding the love of her life for a fleeting moment. Sad Eyes is available at hollismedia.net, amazon.com, and Barnes and & Noble, and through your local bookstore. Enjoy the read. I want to turn to now a doctor, Dr. Mackey, at Johns Hopkins University, who recently published a paper on the 10 things 
that the quote scientists in the CDC and the FDA got wrong and intentionally misled the American people. It needs to be exposed because we don't know the long-term ramifications of the bad decisions that these healthcare professionals have made. So let's start off. First of all, the COVID-19 virus is a SARS virus, just as much as MERS is. Sears and MERS are spread by airborne pathogens. That means they, they transmit through the air. We were told that they're transmitted, this particular COVID-19 is transmitted off of surfaces. Now, it didn't make sense that two of the three MERS viruses were airborne and the, and the professionals decided that this one was, the pathogen was spread by surface contact. So we were told to, to sanitize everything, vegetables, fruits, children, doorknobs, doors, cars, where everything, anything touched to try and kill the virus on the surfaces before it spread to us. When in fact, that was not true. It was later proven to spread on an airborne basis. Now that, so that mistake caused a lot of discomfort and a lot of anguish with people who were constantly looking for sanitizers, which were out of stock everywhere. And people were panicking, thinking that they were exposing themselves and their children to the COVID virus. But the second part of that is the horrendous mistake on masks. See, we were told that we needed to wear a mask and it fit with the possibility that the virus was transmitted based on surfaces. Keep yourself from wiping your face with and hands uh, and mouth and nose by covering your mouth. But in reality, the pathogens are so small that the classic blue surgical mask is so porous and so open that they can get through without any question. And it doesn't offer much stoppage of the, of the virus getting through. So the government was wanting to have everybody, I mean, everybody wear masks. Adults, elderly, children should wear masks. We'll talk about the impact of wearing the masks on children and the elderly in just a moment. So we had, again, another flaw, another mistake, that wearing masks was going to give us the protection that we needed to keep the, us from spreading the virus, when in fact it was not true. If we had the virus, it could easily penetrate the porous nature of the blue surgical mask. We were told most recently that we really needed to wear an N95 or a K95 mask because it was much denser and kept the pathogens from going out and, and spreading. So we were forcing people to wear masks knowing that they were not going to offer very much protection. In fact, they may, may do harm, and we'll talk about children in a little bit, how it actually harmed them. Let's move on to a couple other issues before we go to our break. One of the things that they did, which I thought was absolutely horrendous, almost if not immoral, they told us that if we had relatives who were in the hospital, some of which were dying, we could not go and be with them. We could not say goodbye to our moms or dads or grandma or grandpa. They died in the hospital alone. That was an, an egregious mistake that created tremendous 
anxiety and frustration for millions of people who saw the elderly die alone and abandoned. You might remember seeing photographs of coffins that were on the front porches of funeral homes so people could drive by because they couldn't go inside the funeral home to pay their respects. Just a terrible, terrible mistake that our scientists and our health people made that devastated tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of families in the United States. And one more thing, the CDC said we should stay in our homes. The grandma and grandpa should stay in the family home with the parents, their children and grandchildren. That was a horrendous mistake. There's a thing called the viral load. It is the amount of virus in the air based on square footage and the number of people that are there. When we put people in highly concentrated places where the windows and doors were shut, the viral load increased dramatically and more and more people got sick by staying at home. What an absurd thing to do just to tell us we need to wear a mask to go outside. You can confine the air in a house, in a room, but you cannot confine the atmosphere outside. But we were told, don't go to the parks, don't go outside without wearing a mask. Crazy, stupid, and not very productive. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, co-host of Black and White Network, here to tell you about my latest book, Sad Eyes. This is a story of Mary Margaret Murphy, our red-haired, green-eyed, gorgeous Irish lass born in Waterloo, Iowa in 1916. Incredibly capable and talented woman who wants to make the world a better place. She knew at a very early age she didn't want to live in Waterloo, but she knew what she wanted to do and she wanted to be a nurse. She did her homework and found the best place to learn to be a nurse was in Chicago, Illinois. Side Eyes is her adventure, growing and maturing in the face of adversity to become a very powerful voice in the American military during World War II. But it's also about her personal life and finding the love of her life for a fleeting moment. Sad Eyes is available at hollismedia.net, amazon.com, and Barnes and & Noble, and through your local bookstore. Enjoy the read. Welcome back to this special Blacks and Whites on COVID-19, my personal experience, and America's personal experience. We were just talking about the restrictions of going outside. We had to wear a mask. Now, we talked about in the last segment, the viral load, the more you concentrate people in a confined space, the greater the chance that you're going to spread the virus because not it's on surfaces, because it's being expelled as a pathogen, an airborne pathogen that's being transmitted to people. Hence, we had in the state of New York, tens of thousands of elderly who were put in highly concentrated nursing homes and spread the virus and because of their age and their medical situation, thousands upon thousands of seniors were killed by the stupidity of the public health and the governor of the state of New York. So many mistakes have been made. Let's talk about children for a minute. When I started writing about the, the virus in 2020 and late 19, 2019, um, I began to look at the numbers and the, the numbers didn't, in my mind, justify what we were doing in America. We looked at, if I looked at the mortality rate, meaning what percentage of the population 
initially, regardless of age, was contracting the virus and dying from the virus. And you had children as a group, and you had over, over five, over 12, over 18, midlife, and then you had people over 60, 69. But nobody had a mortality rate, a death rate that was astronomical. Yes, hundreds of thousands of people died. What we don't know even today is how many of those people who died had pre-existing conditions that when they got sick with COVID, exacerbated by their pre-existing conditions and they died as a result of pre-existing conditions. The hospitals would declare them as dying from COVID, which is probably not true. So we don't really have an accurate cause of death. But just taking the numbers, the numbers say that in the worst scenario, less than 3% of the most vulnerable people died as a result of COVID and COVID-related challenges because of other comorbidities. If you look at, for example, what, we're, what we did last year, we were trying to force shots on children under five and forcing masks on children under five. Yet the mortality of the 60 million children from ages zero to 12 was less than 700 people in the entire country. We turned an entire country upside down on the premise that children were gonna be carriers of the virus and spread it to the teachers and the employees needed to be vaccinated and needed to wear a mask. Neither was true. See, this is the other thing that happened. The political process took over public health and we had the teachers union telling you as parents, what you should do. We had the government saying that if you don't get a shot, you need to lose your job. The other thing that was very important to me in this report was that we didn't take into account natural immunity. People who have COVID have natural immunity. And when the CDC was questioned about the validity of, of, of people who have had the virus, getting uh, immunity, their response was, well, we just don't know whether it's true or not. And so because they raised the question of doubt, people were intimidated by the government to go get their shots in order to keep their, their jobs. And we had people who had COVID-19 and didn't know it. They were asymptomatic. And so when I said to you early on in this interview that I was tested and I found after two shots, I had 41 antibodies in my system, I don't think I'm alone. I think there are probably millions of people out in the United States and throughout the world who have had one or the other shots and got very little immunity from the shots. I believe I got more immunity for the COVID-19 that I had the actual case than I got from the Moderna or Pfizer shots. They're now talking about a fourth booster, a fourth shot. Why? Because they believe the fourth shot only has an effective life expectancy of four to six months. Four to six months. So we're on our fourth shot. Moderna was on the air 
publicizing the fact that America definitely needs a fourth shot because the vaccine does not provide long-term protection so that we're going to need shots every year. Why? Why do we need shots every year? What about the people who, like myself, who have had both the shots and now got the virus? We now know, for example, if I get the shots, I can get the virus and I can get it more than once. So the rationale by the public health people is the why you want to, reason you want to continue to get the shots is that we believe, operative word believe, that the incidents will be less dangerous to you if you have the shots uh, to deal with uh, an active case of COVID. Yet we now know that the strains that are attacking our country are less violent, meaning lower mortality issues, but they spread very quickly. And we look at what happened in December and January as the new strain just spread like wildfire across the United States and across the globe. But the number of people who were dying was diminishing rapidly. Hospitals who were closed because of all the patients and got rid of all the elective procedures were now in a position where they could treat the people who got the new variant but needed to be, didn't need to be hospitalized in intensive care. The hospital could use the resources to provide care for other people. But see, that creates another problem. When we made a decision as a public health service for our people in the United States that we were going to stop providing cancer treatments, cancer tests, all these things, which they called them elective, we put people at risk and we didn't need to. We had a president who told us on the campaign trail that he wanted to vaccinate 70% of the population in 90 days. Didn't happen. He didn't do it. We have more people that have died from COVID in 2021 under Joe Biden than died of, of COVID when Donald Trump was in the Now the administration is telling us we're not going to count cases any longer. We're going to count people who actually go to the hospital. So they're placing less of an emphasis on people who who get a mild case and don't go to the hospital or go into intensive care, we're only going to count those people that stay in the hospital. The target is constantly moving, but we have been terribly misled. And we were told just recently by the good Dr. Fauci, we may well we have to reinduce, introduce the mandates because of the spread of the next generation of the COVID virus. It seems to me that we've paid a terrible price. We tailed a ter paid a terrible price in our economy for jobs that were lost, businesses that were closed, services. Do you know that right now people are not, government employees are not in the social security offices. They're still working from home. We have a situation where schools created an environment where they had to have vaccines and they had to have masks or they wouldn't open, driven by, not by public health people, but driven by the teachers unions. 
this is will go down in history, in my opinion, is a very bad time for the government, the government employees, and the public health services in the United States, and the damage that they've done to our our economy and to the people of this country. But most important are the children. I interviewed a doctor from London who was a pediatrician, and she was absolutely opposed to the masks because she said it if adversely affected the children. It affected them because they couldn't breathe and get enough oxygen, which they needed desperately. Food and oxygen are important growth parts for young children. And by shutting it down, we, we, we may have created some significant health problems longer term for the children of the world. You know, we had schools that were closed. Some schools may still be closed. So we had children, let's say, who were in the sixth grade who missed all of the sixth and a good part of the seventh. You can't go back to summer school and make up those two years because you can't go back and start over to be six years old again and, and deal with the learning experience. So those two years that are lost and gone are lost and gone forever. And we won't know the implications of that lack of education for some time. The last point is going back to the masks. When you cover a child's mask, cover, cover a child's face with a mask, they can't see the expression on people's faces. And by the way, people can't see the expression on the children's faces. It really is detrimental to the learning process. And yet we were more concerned about spread, stopping the spread in children that didn't need to be worried about stopping the spread because they wanted control of you and your healthcare, and they wanted them to make the decisions, not you. I'm Dan Perkins. From time to time, we'll be doing this show myself one time and Daryl another time, and sometime we'll be on together. So check back on blacksandwhites.us and look at the program schedule, and uh, you'll be able to see when we're on again next and who's going to be talking. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, co-host of Black and White Network, here to tell you about my latest book, Sad Eyes. This is a story of Mary Margaret Murphy, our red-haired, green-eyed, gorgeous Irish lass born in Waterloo, Iowa in 1916. Incredibly capable and talented woman who wants to make the world a better place. She knew at a very early age she didn't want to live in Waterloo, but she knew what she wanted to do and she wanted to be a nurse. She did her homework and found the best place to learn to be a nurse was in Chicago, Illinois. Side Eyes is her adventure, growing and maturing in the face of adversity to become a very powerful voice in the American military during World War II. But it's also about her personal life and finding the love of her life for a fleeting moment. Sad Eyes is available at hollismedia.net, amazon.com, and Barnes & Noble, and through your local bookstore. Enjoy the read.